0: This is a question of fairness. That's why I oppose biological boys who are trans competing in girls' sports in school. It just isn't fair. I'm Damian Bulwa, director of news at the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on Fifth and Mission, how Caitlyn Jenner's long-shot bid to be California governor has ignited advocates for transgender rights. They view her as a historic figurehead, but at the same time, a deeply problematic and detached one. Jenner has already gone on the record saying she opposes transgender girls playing girls sports in schools. Not a surprise given Jenner's conservative record, but to many alarming. My guests are Dustin Gardner, one of our Sacramento reporters. We're going to talk about the reaction in the trans community to Jenner's candidacy. Later, I'll ask sports columnist Ann Killian about transgender female athletes who are playing in the Bay Area. And stay tuned until the end of the show, because we have a special announcement about the show from Heather Knight. First up, Dustin Gardner. Dustin, as you write, the entrance of Caitlyn Jenner into this governor's race has inspired strong feelings, especially in the transgender community and among advocates for transgender people. Why? I mean,
1: she really is. But... Perhaps the most visible transgender woman in the world, uh, maybe in history, just because of her status as a you know pop culture um, personality, as a, a gold medal Olympian, um, you know. So she she is this very visible representative, this figurehead of the community, and yet her own community, transgender people, transgender women in particular. Um, they don't they don't embrace her because they feel like she's a bad representation of the community and they feel like her entrance into the race from what they've seen so far for many of them is actually um, could be harming the community in some ways.
0: Yeah. And, and and it feels like there's an opportunity, right? I mean, we've had transgender candidates that have been elected around the country. Big barriers being broken. And then here comes Caitlyn Jenner. And it's a little different.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we've in the last five years, we've had, you know, transgender people elected in California. We've had a transgender person, you know, being uh, the nominee for governor for the Democrats in Vermont. Transgender people have really emerged on the political stage in a way they hadn't any time in history, really. And, you know, there's a transgender woman now serving in the Biden administration. And so at this moment when the community is really making all this progress, you have someone who's coming forward in perhaps you know one of the most high profile races that a transgender person has been a serious contender and this person is espousing views that the that many in the community feel like are actually detrimental to their community
0: and and one of those obviously is that transgender girls should not compete in her view in sports which is you know it's not a new issue Dustin it's it's been fought as you write for decades um There's a lot of, you know, transgender rights that have been hard fought and hard won. And yet in the country right now, we do see it emerging as an issue and and a wedge issue at this time. Right. Yeah. That's what's really drawing a lot of these strong reactions.
1: Um, You know, transgender youth participating in sports. That's been happening for years. I mean, it was back in 2014 that California passed its law allowing trans youth to play with the sports team that matches their gender identity. And there really haven't been reported problems of unfair competition or anything like that related to states that, that have made that have passed those kinds of laws. Um, uh, and so, you know, it, it was really kind of not that big of an issue until the last few years. Then, there, you know, people on the right conservatives really started talking about this idea that, Biological boys were going to be competing in girls' team sports in school, and this would, you know, force girls out of out of the competition. Um, and now we're seeing there's model legislation in at least 30 state legislatures this year pushing uh, bills that that would ban uh, trans girls from competing or playing in sports. And so it's emerged as this kind of a wedge issue on the right, and that's what really alarms uh, many trans activists. They feel like gender. Um, saying what she said, supporting that stance, that it's giving credence and uh, a degree of seriousness to what really, in their minds, is a dog whistle for the far right to kind of promote um, culture war politics and, you know, kind of transphobic, even LGBTQ phobic uh, worldview.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the politics of fear, as we've seen, you know, rather than actually looking at the the outcomes let's talk a little bit about uh caitlin jenner's history in terms of why she's entered the race and also her history on these issues in the last four years
1: yes jenner really has not been a particularly political person in her life you know she's a lifelong republican and conservative but throughout her life she you know hasn't really um you weighed into politics that much. Um, but you know, back in twenty sixteen, not too long after she started her public transition, um, she 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 said that she supported President Trump and she actually was a speaker at the Republican National Convention that year. And that really set kind of the sour tone uh, between her and many in the trans community. Um, and, and that, that tone has kind of stayed consistent. There was a point where Jenner denounced Trump. Um, but, you know, recently she's kind of speaking about him more favorably again. Um, and so it's, she she she's been has this history of being a lightning rod, but also not particularly political person or policy minded person. And so that's why I think a lot of people are uh, in the trans community are scratching their heads of why why is she running if it's not to be a lightning rod in that sense?
0: Is there any hope for people that uh, want full transgender rights that perhaps even though this is being used as a wedge issue and we're going to be talking about it some that this could be a good thing that. This is a way of showing that, that we're ready to move in this direction. We're ready to put this stuff behind us. That
1: is interesting dichotomy because people, they want, they want to be hopeful about gender's presence in the race. And just, you know, the idea of her running could could be an inspirational thing to have someone who's trans being in such a high profile position. But yeah, this whole, this whole side debate about um, girls sports and uh, other trans issues. I, what I'm hearing from a lot of people in the communities, they, they really worry that it is giving that um, kind of attention and credence to side issues that, that aren't really pressing issues. Um, and so there, there is just a lot of concern that the community ultimately
0: could be harmed. All right, Dustin, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. OK, thank you so much. That was Dustin Gardner, Chronicle reporter. When we come back on Fifth and Mission after a short break, I'm going to be joined by Ann Killian, a sports columnist to talk about the issue of trans girls in sports in the Bay Area.
2: We'll be right back after a short break. You can support 5th and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com pod.
0: Welcome back to 5th and Mission. I'm Damian Bulwa. I'm now joined by Ann Killian, Chronicle Sports columnist. Ann, I want to ask you, you've been writing about Caitlyn Jenner entering the governor's race in California and transgender girls in sports, which we have in the Bay Area and we've had for many years. Were you surprised that Caitlyn Jenner came out during this campaign already and has said she wants to ban transgender people from sports?
3: i'm a little bit surprised because it was only five years ago that she was accepting the arthur ash courage award on the espys and she shouted out um all the young transgender uh, athletes who could compete as their true selves um yes she's politically aligned with the people who are putting forward these trans anti-transgender athlete bills but you would expect someone of her status and her background as, as an athlete probably gaining a lot of the confidence she has to even run for governor from her own athletic experience. You would think she'd be a little more empathetic.
0: So, Anne, let's, let's kind of look into what she said, and, and obviously we've heard it before that, that we need to protect sports, and that's what Caitlyn Jenner said when she weighed in on this issue.
3: Protect girls' sports. Let's be let's be clear. This is only about transgender girls competing. I think that everyone is fine if if transgender boys uh, want to compete against in in male sports, but it's really about transgender girls.
0: And and what about that argument that that there are people who want the the, the sports protected from athletes who have a so called advantage?
3: Well, I think it's just ironic it's 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 very wrong headed in a lot of ways for one we're talking about a very very small handful of of kids and these are kids who need things like sports you know we just had a story in the paper that that um, over 50% of transgender youth have, have considered suicide um, you know these are kids who have de- dealing with anxiety and depression sports is a way to build self confidence it's a way to uh in, interact with your social group to to make connections. It's it's the kind of thing that any doctor or psychologist would say would be wonderful for kids who are struggling with this kind of identity. And Cal, for example, California, the most populous state in the union, has had a has had a law in place since twenty fourteen. Do you ever hear about it? No, you don't. Neither do I. There's there's a handful of cases every year that they deal with so it's just this tremendous amount of energy lawmakers time money being spent on something that's just not really a great big issue
0: it feels like when we talk about it that that we are debating a theoretical uh, a theoretical competitive issue and we're not always talking about as you say the the few people that are playing sports
3: it is theoretical, and even some of these lawmakers in places like South Carolina and um, Arkansas, I think they they can't cite any cases. They just they're saying they're being proactive in case something like this comes up. But anyone who's ever raised children, you know, you just have been around teenagers. Just use your logical brain. Do you think some boy is going to change genders so that he can get some sort of competitive advantage in a foot race? or maybe get a try to get a scholarship i mean it's just it's not it's it's just doesn't make any sense and the other thing that's offensive to me as someone who has covered women's sports for so long is you know the 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 movement behind these bills is stems from the same group of people that you know have been fight fought title IX and fought women against women's sports for so long um it's just Sports is a place that it's very easy to marginalize people. It's very easy to say, no, this is for this group of people. and It's not for this other group. Sports, for a long time, it was sports belongs to men, not women. Well, now we're kind of past that. So now we've got this other group that is being demonized and marginalized. It, it just, it, it's, it's a little frustrating, to be quite honest.
0: And after you wrote your column, obviously criticizing uh, Caitlyn Jenner, what was the reaction?
3: Well, you know, Damien, I think you know that I get a lot of trolls, I think is the kind word for them, a lot of hate mail. Uh, I got a tremendous outpouring of mail, and almost all of it was positive. Now, the Chronicle has smart readers. We have a pretty empathetic uh, community here in the Bay Area. I think people are pretty well versed, and they can see this as kind of the red herring issue that it is, that it's just another divisive issue. Um but yeah, I think a lot of people. I mean, I got I got emails from high school football coaches, uh, from people whose daughters competed um, and wanted to get scholarships, and you know, I think people were just are very empathetic um, when it comes to like a, again a, a small percentage of kids who need our support.
0: All right, Anne. Well, thanks for coming back.
3: Thanks for having me, Damian.
0: That was Ann Killian, Chronicle Sports columnist. We're going to take one more quick break on 5th and Mission, and when we come back, my current co-host, Heather Knight, is going to introduce you to our new co-host on 5th and Mission, right after this.
2: I'm Heather Knight, and I have a quick announcement and an introduction to make. This is my last appearance as co-host of 5th and Mission, but don't worry, I'm not going far. You can still hear me on the Total SF podcast with Peter Hartlop. And as a City Hall columnist, I'll be back on Fifth Mission as a guest to talk about my own stories. I want to introduce you to Fifth Mission's newest host and new full-time producer, Cecilia Lay. If you've been listening carefully, you've heard her name in the credits the last couple of weeks, and now you get to hear her voice. Hi, Cecilia. Hi, Heather. So give us a brief introduction of yourself, um, the, the elevator pitch, your quick biography.
4: Yeah, like who is Cecilia Lay? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm still figuring it out this past year. Like, for many of us, has forced us to question so many parts about my, you know, our identities. But I think for me, a really grounding part of myself that hasn't changed is that I'm a journalist and I'm a storyteller. And you know, so much of that has been really largely informed by being born and raised here. I always say. I'm very lucky that my parents immigrated from China like four decades ago, and they decided to land here. And I don't know, I grew up in San Pablo, California. I earned all my degrees in California public schools, including at the Berkeley J School a couple of years ago. Um, And, you know, before I started producing podcasts, I was reporting on immigration and criminal justice. Um, And I did stories about uh, the Bay Area Asian American community, which, of course, feels really timely right now. Yes, that's actually how we met. You were a guest on
2: 5th Inmission. I don't even know when that was. I've lost all track of time in the pandemic, but <laughs> at some point in the past several months, um, and you were a great guest. So you're going to be hosting, but also you'll be the new full-time producer, which is a new role. What do you think that means for 5th Admission?
4: I mean, I guess, simply, it's just going to mean we're going to do more. I think that the mission has done a really fantastic job, especially with you and Damien, sort of highlighting the important work of reporters in the San Francisco Chronicle newsroom. And I think we're going to keep doing that. But we want to introduce new voices to the show. And so that it reflects not only just our newsroom, but our entire Bay Area population and our listeners. And we want to expand our coverage so that we're thinking beyond the newsroom itself and And imagining new and creative ways in which Fifth Emission can sound and feel like for our listeners. And let me ask you something, Heather. You've hosted Fifth Emission for quite some time now. I mean, are there important key tips or advice that you'd give me?
2: I think your instincts are right. My favorite shows have always been when we've had outside guests come on. Um, I've interviewed everybody from UCSF doctors at the height of the pandemic to drag queens who were registering people to vote in the outdoor booths at Manny's. So anytime I've gotten to interview somebody who, um, who can bring in an outside voice, it's always been my favorite. And I think that's what listeners really love, too.
4: Are there things that you'll miss the most from Fifth Admission as you sign off or prepare to sign off? (laughs) Uh, Well, hopefully I'll be on the show regularly as a guest, if you'll have me, Cecilia.
2: Of course. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, But in terms of hosting, um, I... It's a great way to um, read the best journalism of the day. We have so many talented Chronicle colleagues, and this job comes with looking at every day's budget and what is the best story, the most interesting story that people will be talking about in the Bay Area. So um, getting a hold of those and getting to go straight to the sources is is always fun and and a good learning experience.
4: Yeah, I've really admired the way that you and Damien have sort of led listeners through the Bay Area news cycle and its big shoes to fill. And Thank you for leading the way, and I'm so excited to get started and get to know our listeners. I'm really excited to listen to you host the show, and that will begin on Monday. I can't wait.
0: All right. Well, that is very exciting news. I want to thank Heather for being a terrific co-host. Looking forward to working with Cecilia. Can't wait to get started. I want to thank my guests today. They were Dustin Gardner, Sacramento reporter for The Chronicle and sports columnist Ann Killian. To King Kaufman for producing this episode—